Hello and welcome to the Drink and Geek Out podcast. This is the show where we drink beer and geek out and talk about things. <laughs> <laughs> what types of things? <laughs> All types of things. This All time things. we're talking about the movie Solo, a Star Wars story. And we also have two beers from Central State. Yep. And a, a, strange... a Dr. Strange Brew. <laughs> a Dr. Strange in the house. Making a triumphant return. Two for two on Dr. Strange Brews. Coming back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Trying to come back. I'm excited to try those beers. I don't know about you guys. but <laughs> I am um, both farmhouse style ales. Excited to try them. Should Hopefully be, they're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we introduce ourselves? Because we're oh, one person right. short this episode. Oh, yeah. So. You'll notice that Dustin didn't intro, intro this show. <laughs> so I'm Keith. I'm Pale. Oh, I'm Saf. And Dustin... Where are you? He was in, in the bathroom. He was in the yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He's, he's having a bathroom issue. <laughs> and maybe he'll join us later. <laughs> All right. Solo. It was released um, four May weeks ago. 20, something in late May. Late right? May. Yeah. I think so. It was uh, Memorial Day weekend, like the 24th, oh, yeah, yeah. maybe? 23rd? Um, so, Lord and Miller. I don't remember the first names. They directed the Lego movie, 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street. No. They directed the first half of this movie. They got fired. Ron Howard replaced them. Ron Howard got the directing credit. And Ooh. Lord and Miller, if you look at the credits, they're just producers, mm-hmm. even though they, they directed half the movie. Half the movie. <laughs> and I guess Ron Howard reshot like 70% yeah. of the movie is what, what, what I read. Say. Hmm. I'm like, wow, that's pretty much overhauling the whole film. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how they got it out in time, really. I thought they were going to push it back be, mm-hmm. into like, Christmas, where it should be, because that's where all the other Star Wars movies are. Yeah, yeah. that wouldn't make more it's sense. It's amazing it came out when it did, and yeah. they just stuck to the release date. Okay. I wonder if they still have that footage. I know. I'm curious to see what they did. Cause like I, an alternate cut. I yeah, like be cool. their movies. They're a little, a little more humor than uh, Ron Howard, obviously. So I'm curious what they were doing that kind of didn't fit in this universe or something. Yeah, for them to get fired by... Yeah. What I read is they did, they're the characters, like the cast was doing a lot of improv, kind of like doing more than what the directors wanted. Like they were mm-hmm. like kind of like losing control of like uh, what the script should have been. Uh, and I can see up, that with like Donald Glover and stuff. He's Yeah, like, he probably was thinking a lot of stuff yeah. on off the cuff. And the directors were like, no, we need to stick to the script. And then maybe, like, the studio was like, well, hang on. You know, they have some really good ideas. And it kind of ended up creating a rift. Oh, that makes sense. Interesting. All right. So the audition process lasted six months. Uh, Around 3,000 people auditioned to be Han Solo. Whoa. Um, Alden Ehrenreich. Is that how you say that? Aaron Reich, yeah. Um, yeah, sounds good. He was the first to audition for the role, and he ended up with the role. So they, all these wow. other <laughs> 2,999 <laughs> people, people. <laughs> waste oh the time. Yeah. So no wonder they got fired. They auditioned 3,000 people, and then they, they wasted the too much one. money on the, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, he got, everybody got to screen test with Chewbacca in the Millennium Falcon, so I would have auditioned for this role, too, if I got to do that. Yeah, <laughs> that'd yeah. be great. That would be I a said you missed the, the call on that one. Right. I don't look very Han Solo-ish, but yeah. Um, I'd give it a try. So the cast, we have Alden Ehrenreich as uh, Solo. Han. 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 <laughs> Han. Han Solo. That must have been one of those impromptu well, things, I think. In 
Return of the Jedi. They call him Han. Lando calls him Han. Uh, so that that's sense. why they make it like, oh, this is why he's calling him Han because it's, oh. it's like a inside joke, even though um, it's written as Han. So he read it that way in the script and he said it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, they didn't sense. know his name was Han at the time. Uh, Woody Harrelson, he plays Tobias Beckett. Beckett. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I think he was pretty good in the role. He was. He fit the role well. He was my, one of my favorite characters, mm-hmm. I think. I think he's a great actor. For, I recently watched the old Cheers episodes he's on. Seeing him go from that to this is, mm-hmm. like, mind-blowing. Yeah. <laughs> he's really evolved as, like, an actor. So I think he fits these characters type, this character type well. He yeah. does this in a lot of the recent movies that he's been in. He's always that... Not like the washed up has been, but you know, I'm thinking like Hunger Games and everything yeah. else that he plays that role as like an anti hero fairly well. I yeah, know. I think so. He, and he's like started out from what I know as like comedies and stuff. He was like the big dope at the bar, yeah. and now he's like a pretty good serious actor. Yeah. It's just interesting transition. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to Alden, we didn't really mention. What did you think of him replacing Harrison Ford? He. I mean, he had the look. I don't know if he had the wit and the charm yeah. as Harrison. Did. I never really saw it. Like it, he didn't have the attitude. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't come out the attitude and the smile, smirkiness. I mean, there. I don't know. He felt kind of watered down. Yeah, like the. I thought like the cockiness came out once in a while, like when he's like when he's flying the ship and he's like. His confidence is showing yeah. that he he can he like get through. Flyer. He's the best flyer. He he can get through this. He can make this happen. But um, I thought like the wit he was lacking a little bit of the wittiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like the smirk. And then, well, if you go back and watch the later movies, so like Return of the Jedi, Harrison Ford obviously didn't want to be there. His acting is like so wooden, and so like I think Alden wanted to be there. And so it doesn't quite match up because yeah, Harrison Ford yeah. didn't want to be there in these movies. <laughs> so his actor acting is kind of stunted and kind of monotone, whereas Alden has way too much attitude almost for this character. He just wasn't Harrison Ford. Yeah. And I think it definitely showed, and and that's okay. I mean, he I think he did as best as he could. Yeah, I I really don't know anybody who could replace it, Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah I don't either. Um. Amelia Clark, she played Kira. 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 Uh, the love interest, I guess you say, for Solo. Mm-hmm. I liked her character. Yeah, I thought she was interesting, especially like mm-hmm. skipping towards the end, like yeah, where, where that character ends up is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she was wasn't one sided; she was multi dimensional, mm-hmm. so it was kind of hard to figure her out in her backstory. She was. She evolved as like the from like the beginning when yeah, we first saw her just like the girlfriend yeah. just the girlfriend that we want to run away with mm-hmm. to where she was at the end of the movie then my favorite part of the movie is Donald Glover as yeah. Lando I would I would rather watch a Lando solo movie than a Han solo movie <laughs> yeah. and they're talking about it they're, I know they're not leaving it off the table it's definitely a possibility that Lando gets his own movie and it just because Donald Glover was so good he was perfect yeah the the card game scenes those were some those of my favorites that, those yeah. were good yeah which I I'm sure that was probably more that off the cuff you yeah. know let's just sit and banter back and forth I had yeah. there been a lot of improv in that yeah. whole scene yep uh, then Thandy Newton was I don't know I don't know either need to look this you up. usually <laughs> put the character names next I didn't to this time that I was going off memory this whole time was she 
Beckett's love interest. Oh, no, she was the girl. Yes, yes. She yeah. blows herself up on the train. But, yeah, because she's bridge. from Westworld. Yeah. Um, I like her as an actress. I just, she didn't have a big role in the yeah, movie. Yeah, she wasn't really. So I didn't that, really get to know her like that well. That pivotal of a role. Yeah, but I know her and Beckett were, like, working together. They were kind of a duo. Yeah, and I thought she was good for what we saw her, but yeah, she didn't have a lot to do. She just kind of dies right there at the second scene she's in. Yeah. Uh, then Phoebe Waller-Bridge, she voiced L3, mm. the robot. Ro- Lando's. Lando's co-pilot. Yeah. I thought she was funny. Yeah. And, like, I like, like, this is the first uh, female droid in this series like in star wars yeah like, it's a good point oh yeah it sure reminded me of um the one from rogue one who had an attitude it was like that too <laughs> yeah. uh whatever his K- name was K- k2so K- yeah. k2so yeah i i don't i liked him a bit more like just yeah. his but I, I, well i they like just reminded me I like of each Alan other or something. yeah he's like one of my favorite comedian or comedy actors or whatever so mm-hmm I prefer him, but I think she was. This was a new take on a droid. That it was. It was. It was, was kind of fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Really thought she was human and <laughs> with those emotions and everything. Yep. Uh, Junis Samtuma. Sutamo. He is a Finnish actor and former professional basketball player. He played Chewbacca. Oh, he was Chewie. <laughs> oh. I knew this was a new Chewie. Yeah, it wasn't the same old guy. Because the other dude, but like he was there. I think on set as a. Yeah, mentor, but this dude's six eleven, so Dang. it's pretty obvious which character he plays. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and Chewie wasn't as thick in this movie where he's usually fatter. Yeah, like he was skinnier. He looked like a teenage Wookiee, yeah, but he did reveal his age. Version. He was what one hundred ninety or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh, you look great. <laughs> oh, you look great. Yeah. And then Paul Bettany is the villain. I don't remember his name. Dryden Voss. I, it was interesting seeing him going from Vision to this role. Like, yeah, I was laughing when I first saw him. I'm like, oh, Vision's the bad guy in this movie. <laughs> he got less makeup, but he still had to put some on. Yeah. Did his like face change with like his When he got emotion? angry, yeah. When the, he got angry, the lines it got, got darker. darker. Like okay. the blood was flowing to his face. You could see that. Yeah, I noticed that too. Hmm. Yeah. I couldn't really tell when the cocktail was watching. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Uh, and his eyes would turn red too. Like... Mm-hmm. Like, super bloodshot. Oh, okay. That's kind of a neat idea mm-hmm. to do that. So you could, and not just acting, it's like, you can see the it's, emotion it's, it's literally on his face. It's a visual, like, right. yeah. emotion. Um, so, I don't know, you want to go just through some of the basic plot points? Sure. So, not to go too deep into this, but it starts on Corellia with Han and Kira. They're escaping from... That's caterpillar-looking dude. <laughs> oh, was it a lady? I think it was a lady. Yeah, was caterpillar a lady. I, I didn't mean dude as a sexist term. Okay, <laughs> I'm like, wait, Lady Proxima. That thing. Lady, yeah, yeah. It was like like her. She I don't was know, like, like a, her uh, a Jabba, if you will. On yeah, that planet is what it seemed like. Yeah, she was, she was like the crime lord. Everyone has to give her, you know, hard. They were. She was. He was. They were. He was doing a job for her, and mm-hmm. he failed. So he was. In trouble. Yeah. Right. And they were escaping. He makes it off. She doesn't. He 
goes to in the Empire. He joins the Empire because that was his only way of escaping. Gets kicked out of that because he has a mind of his own. Mm-hmm. Then he's in the mud ground troops, yeah, whatever. The mud the, I can't remember because I don't think that was part of the Empire. But it was like a like a lower tier version of the Empire, and he gets kicked out of that or because he's trying to join Woody Harrelson and yeah, he gets he thrown up. in with Chewie. Right. That's why we how they finally meet. Mm-hmm. Then they escape whatever planet that mud planet was and join with Woody Harrelson and do that train job where everybody on Woody Harrelson's team is murdered. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so now it's just him, Chewie, and Han. They need to square off with Vision, Paul Bettany's character, <laughs> whatever his name is in this movie. Dryden Voss. I'm never going to remember that. So they need a fast ship to steal the coaxial cables <laughs> from a Kessel. <laughs> I'm not as good as Dustin is at this. No, you're not. <laughs> I know. Don't pick up on all those details. Uh. It's, well, it's hard to like pick up on the details when you're, the movie only gives you so much yeah. dialogue. and I know it's coaxium. Mm. I just don't know what it is. It just reminded yeah. me of coax cables like, yeah. that you're <laughs> plugging in the wall. Explosive blue juice. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, they were... I remember like the tra- they failed at the tra- train heist. Yes, because those pirate D-dudes came and stole it. Yeah, and they were so they had to go break the news to Dryden Voss. Mm-hmm. They failed. That's where they meet back up with Kira. That's so we have Kira. Um, they gotta try to convince Dryden Voss that they can make it up to him. And he's like, "Why shouldn't I kill you now?" Yeah. And um, Beckett finds a way to talk himself out of it. Yep. And we can get a second chance. Han talked this way out they of kind it. of and kind of came went in. back yeah they kind of went all three of them kind of threw in ideas yeah we're like uh we can do this uh we can do this we can make this work yeah. give us a chance so they have to go to kessel to get the unrefined coaxium and take it to that other planet that i don't remember the name of starts with an s i think and get it refined there and that's what they meet up yep. back with do the trade that guy's yeah. name Yes. <laughs> Dryden Voss. Dryden Voss. Dryden Vision. One, yeah, say Dry Vision. <laughs> okay, so they go to Kessel. They, we learn about how they're surrounded by this foggy planet, whatever, so you can only go through this one path to get there or you'll be crushed. Mm-hmm. Setting up the Kessel run for later. <laughs> right. Which they set up in A New Hope. Yeah, 70 years ago or whenever that movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> um, then they steal the coaxium. There is a prison break type deal going on because of L3 takes all the droids. Uh, I can't remember the word. Restrictor plates or something. Restrictor bolts. <laughs> something was restricting them yeah. from thinking mm-hmm. and so moving. They do a prison break and then there's a whole mass mutiny. <laughs> that scene was pretty funny. I, I do run free, my brother. <laughs> and the droids are like stomping on the computers yeah. and like ripping things off funny. and bashing them. I was laughing at that. And then Chewie meets a new Wookiee and saves that dude's life. 
or chicks, I don't know, what sexes of Wookiees are. Yeah. I don't know either. They haul ass back to the Millennium Falcon. They do the Kessel Run. Do you have more information on that <laughs> that you want to throw in? Yeah, I can. I think I can. Yeah, I'll read about the Kessel Run. I think it was an important part of the movie. The Kessel Run was a hyperspace route within the Akadis Maelstrom used by smugglers and unscrupulous freighter captains to move spice from the spice mines of Kessel. <laughs> I recognized about six of those words. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At the B. <laughs> so many big words. <laughs> Of Kessel at the behest of the Pike Syndicate, <laughs> who relied on the foolhardy Kessel runs to deliver the illicit <laughs> substance to their customers. So instead of salt mines, they are coaxium mines. Yeah. Han Solo, piloting the Millennium Falcon, made the infamous run in less than 12 parsecs. 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 Boasting about his ship's ability to endure shorter but more hazardous routes through hyperspace. By doing so, Solo broke a long-held record. Yes. Because it normally takes 20 parsecs, and he did it in 12. Or 30. I can't remember. 12. 12. He yeah, goes, he did he it in 12, around. but I can't remember if it was 20 or 30 that the normal route takes. Oh, right. I gotcha. There was a bit of arguing with Chewie where he turned back and he goes, well, if you round up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's kind of funny. So that was with, like, the... They're trying to escape from that beast. Is that, was yeah, that part of the that Kessel Run? That is mm-hmm. in the mall, is what that foggy area is called. Yeah, okay. And then there's that octopusy-looking beast yeah, thing like with tentacles. the 900 eyes. Yeah. yeah. So they are able to escape using a little bit of the coaxium to p- plop into the afterburners the or whatever yeah. and shoot out of there. This leads them to like the final showdown. Towards the end of the movie, they get it refined. Then they meet up with the... Pirates or whatever they're called in this movie. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. The Cloud Runners. or they got some weird They're name. pirates. <laughs> we'll go with pirates. And then they find out, oh, these are actually good guys. They, this is their coaxium, and they're trying to save it because it's being used for evil purposes by that guy. Vandal Dross. <laughs> Dryden Voss. Dryden Voss. Vandal you're, Dross. You're, you're getting close. <laughs> I had it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Vandal Dross. <laughs> You're getting there, though. And a unseen guy that's even higher than Drandal Voss. Drandal Voss? Dryden Voss. Dryden Voss. Right? Dryden Voss. Yes. <laughs> we got you confused now. Dryden, like D R Y D E N V O S. I should have wrote it down. So, yeah, the hidden guy. So, who is the Crimson Ball, or what are they called? Crimson Crim- something. Crimson Syndicate or Crimson? Uh, Crimson Dawn. Dawn, yes. Crimson means red? Yeah, Crimson's red. You know Huzzle's red? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get, yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> so, he, Han, he... I mean Han when I say he. (laughs) 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 Tells Beckett the plan. Beckett backstabs him and tells... Dryden Voss. (laughs) Dryden Voss the plan. (laughs) And Kira kills... Dryden Voss. Dryden Voss. We're going to shorten it to Drivis. 
Jarvis? Jarvis. <laughs> That's so much easier to remember. This is like Jarvis. I don't care. <laughs> um, and Beckett escapes with Chewie. Han tracks him down. and Which that part I didn't get because they walked all great distance in the desert. And all of a sudden Han shows up yeah. out of nowhere. I'm like, how did it? They... I'm like, he didn't have a ship to get over there. I was very confused by that. He must have ran because they were... Chewbacca was probably going, taking a sweet-ass time because you know yeah, how he they came did. kind of yeah, gave him a okay. wink. All right, good so point. So I'm just guessing. Oh, that just jumped out to me like, hey, <laughs> there's sand and you could see the footprints. There's nowhere to sneak up because it was the ocean on yeah. one side. So eh, whatever. That's why there's nobody in the theater watching this with me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's basically the end of the movie. He stops to Beckett, kills him before he has a chance to talk his way out of it. It's sad because he's kind of like a father figure. Even. Yeah. But he was like, yeah, he was kind of a mentor throughout the movie. And yeah, sad. And then relationship didn't work out. Yep. Don't trust anybody. He told you. Yep. Back on the ship is where the important thing happens. Uh, Kira decides to take the ship, puts the ring in the thing, turns it on, and a hologram pops up. And that is <gasps> a big reveal. Darth, Darth Maul. Maul. No, just but Maul. Just Maul now? Mm-hmm. Darth, he's not a Sith Lord anymore. He's not a Sith Lord. He's just Maul. He's just Maul. Okay. Well, is he... Is, does this take place before or after the prequels? Oh, this prequels? is way after the prequels. Way after the... Okay. So he's just Maul now. <laughs> I Timeline? I don't know where the timeline's at. <laughs> Han Solo is not a... How old do you think Han Solo is? He's like Luke Skywalker's age, yeah. not Anakin Skywalker's age. Well, I, didn't, I thought he was older than no. Have you Luke. seen um, the cartoons in the, the, Clone, the Wars. Clone Wars? Clone Wars? Mm-mm. Okay. I've seen all those, so that's why it made them. sense to me. But that's between yeah. number two and number three, right? Like the Clone Wars? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's where they bring Darth Maul back, and then the whole thing, and some of the new ones, too, where he meets up with Obi-Wan Kenobi again. So, on the planet, so it's like yeah. Darth Maul survives the being chopped in half in Phantom Menace and falling down that shaft. Somehow, we don't know. I and don't know if it's, it's in the show. It's yeah, it's explained in the show. Yeah. That's why if you saw his legs, they're made out of. Metal. I didn't. I didn't have time to That's look. That's what but I, I was looked just like, because I knew it because I had seen the yeah. show. I'm like, oh, there's his metal legs because mm. he's replaced mm-hmm. with the whole metal half. And it, it was a spider it. for a while. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, you have to watch it. Anakin was basically salt in half too and turned into Darth Vader. So it. Him surviving is not like a big shock to me. It's yeah. just kind of crazy how they revealed him in this. Like we expected him to be alive. Like where has he been this whole time? Where is he at now? Is he still alive? Could he yeah. be in uh, the next Star Wars movie? Like working mm-hmm. with Kylo? Like well, he or, does come to his demise in, in the show. Yeah, Clone Wars and Clone Wars. But Clone Wars is still way well, before no, what's happening in. In Whatever this movie. it was, in the newer the 3D one, it's on Disney XD now. Rebels, Rebels is where Darth Maul meets his end with Obi Wan, and we see an old and gray Obi Wan. What's the planet that Luke's from? Where he's at? Tatooine. 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 Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, I don't. I forget the planets. They all blend together. So, um, so there's a final showdown. If you YouTube it, you can see the final showdown where Obi Wan and him are fighting That's again. That's interesting because they're talking about doing a Obi Wan. Obi Wan. So this could. Lead right into yeah. That, so, mm. or even a sequel to this movie because he says he's going to Tatooine next, and then meeting up with Obi Wan in that movie, or mm. in the Obi Wan movie, and merging it with this movie. 
That could be interesting. Get more people to that have to watch this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but who knows? Obi-Wan movie could tank, too. So If they put it out in the summer. True. But I know what you're saying about, like, we've had three new movies in the last three years. Yeah, and, and there's Mole, no mention. Mole now finally <laughs> is mentioned. Where has he been the last? Yeah. Where was he at during Rogue One? Yeah, I mean, that yeah. would have been, he could have popped up there and would have made sense. So, interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got about 95 Easter eggs. If we want to, we don't have to go through them all, or we could just touch on them quickly. Like, go every other one or something. Sure. Um, the thermal detonator in that scene with the caterpillar lady, she, he fakes that he has a thermal detonator in his hand and he like fake clicks it. It's just a rock in the movie. That is a shout out to Leia threatening Jabba with the real ther- thermal detonator in Return of the Jedi when mm. she's disguised as the bounty hunter. Bausch. The Imperial March, um, is canon. This is a fun little nod. If you might've missed that has pretty interesting ramifications in the Star Wars universe. After Han loses Kira at the Imperial checkpoint on Corellia, he sees an Empire recruitment booth that's playing John Williams' iconic Imperial March. I did pick that up. Yeah. Meaning the master composer's famous music actually exists as an Imperial anthem. <laughs> I'm like, wait, that's what we hear. I thought this same exact yeah. thing. Like, why is that playing in the loudspeaker? Because no one hears that when they walk in. Apparently, it was just that's movie. what actually plays yeah. in, in this universe. <laughs> right. Kicked out of the academy. When Han meets Beckett and Val, he explains that he was kicked out of the academy, which borrows directly from his legend's origin. In the old, expanded universe, Han was also in the Empire, but was kicked out after fighting back when he sees the Imperial Army mistreat Wookiees, which, in the old books, is also how he met Chewbacca. That's right. It's kind of similar to what happens here. Mm Mm-hmm. The Zan sisters, uh, as the newly assembled crew sits around the fire after escaping the Empire's, Emperor's War, Empire's War, Val is talking about her dream team for the jo- big job they have coming up. She mentions the Zan sisters, which is pretty exciting fan- for fans of the expanded universe. She's likely talking about Zhu and Zan Pike, twin criminals for hire, originally introduced in the Shadows of the Empire novel. They also had a big connection to the Black Sun criminal organization run by Darth Maul, which makes more men- makes their mention even more intriguing considering the film's final act reveal. Huh. That is pretty neat. Bosk. Uh, the other members of Val's ideal crew on the Trandoshan bounty hunter is the Trandoshan bounty hunter, Bosk, who you might remember as one of the six bounty hunters sent to catch Han in The Empire Strikes Back. That. Or if you're a Star Wars The Clone Wars fan, you probably know him even better. The show expanded on Bosk and shows him as an ally of a young Boba Fett and another favorite fan fan favorite bounty hunter, Aura Zing. Remember that name for later. I need to watch The Clone Wars because Bosk is one of my favorite characters, even though he's just like a background guy mm-hmm. in The Empire Strikes Back. I do too. I feel like I'm missing a lot of <laughs> like, plot points. I binged it last summer because it was going to supposedly go away on Netflix and then they brought it back. Oh, jeez. Oh, good. Valahorn. For a good crook, it's always the last big job, and Tobias Beckett is no different. As Val talks about his her dream team, Tobias waxes lyrical about how he'll retire to a distant planet and learn to play the Valahorn. This is a deep-cut reference to a classic Star Wars video game. First introduced in the MMORPG Star Wars Galaxies, the Valahorn is a musical instrument found on Yavin 4. 
<laughs> nice. Enfys Enfys Nest and the Cloud Riders. Though they're nothing like the comic book counterparts, Enfys Nest gang takes their name from the group of space pirates seen in the classic Marvel Star Wars comics. In the old school sec sequential stories, the Cloud Riders are violent outlaws who raid and pillage local villages, which is what viewers are expecting are supposed to think of Infis and her crew before we find out the truth. The Minoc Roast. John Favreau Rio exclaims his delight for a delicacy known as the Minoc Roast. So what exactly is that? Well, Minocs are a bat-like parasite that appeared in The Empire Strikes Back and attached themselves to the bottom of the Millennium Falcon. They're also mentioned in multiple contemporary canon Star Wars books, including Bloodlines, Aftermath, and The Legends of Luke Skywalker. They also regularly appear in the now decanonized Star Wars Expanded Universe. Aura Singh. This was a big moment for fans of the prequels and the Clone Wars, as Lando thanks Beckett for killing a bounty hunter named Aura Singh as he owed her a lot of money. Originally introduced in The Phantom Menace, the character was expanded on in the beloved animated series, which saw her work alongside Boba, Bosk, and other bounty hunters. If we were to believe Tobias, who isn't exactly trustworthy, then Singh's fate is not now known. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. That is interesting. Spoiler for that show I haven't watched. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the decraniated. First introduced in Rogue One, these strange robotic humanoid creatures have the top of their heads cut, sliced off, and one is seen serving in Dryden Voss, Skya. Mm -hmm. I got the name right. <laughs> this is a nod to the original Star Wars story, but it gets even deeper as the decraniated were created by Dr. Cornelius Evison, aka the Pig Nose Man, who Luke <laughs> fights or who tries to fight Luke in the Moss Eisley Cantina in A New Hope. Oh, didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Mandalorian armor. Solo of Star Wars stories, Big Bad Dryden Voss had a particularly interesting piece of Star Wars memorabilia in his floating palace, a suit of Mandal Mandalorian armor, most famously worn by the bounty hunter Boma Fett and his father before him. I did see that in the background. I'm, I, I saw something up. there, but I, I didn't look it at it It looked like enough. Boba Fett. And the Mandalorians, If you when you watch the Clone Wars, you'll see all their background and everything. Oh, that comes out in that show. Mm. The Maw. In Star Wars legend stories... The planet Kessel is surrounded by an almost impossible-to-navigate cluster of unstable black holes call, called the Maw, which Solo, a Star Wars story, took wholesale for their dangerous surroundings of the planet in the movie version. Terrace Kessa, Kessie. Kira makes what seems like a throwaway comment when she says that she's a master of Terrace Kessie in, Kessie in ancient martial art utilized by Force users. The Terakasi is a reference to a classic lesser-known PlayStation fighting game called Masters of Terakasi. <laughs> That's pretty funny. D oh my, the jerk. The jerk. The jerk. This is an Easter egg that fans of the expanded universe might not be too happy about, but we see Beckett introducing Chewie to the galactic Holchus game known as the jerk. The Falcon's Dejark table famously appears in the original trilogy in The Force Awakens, but in Legends canon, Chewie is actually a prized Dejark player and the one who asked Han to install the table on the Falcon. Oh, they screwed that one up. Mm -hmm. Benthic Two Tubes. One of Saw Guerrera's partisans in Rogue One appears to be a member of the Cloud Riders. 
Benthic Two Tubes and his brother Endio were a part of Guerrero's separatist arm of the rebellion, and now we know what Benthic was doing in the years leading up to the Battle of Scarif. Hmm. I missed him. L337 is actually in The Empire Strikes Back. Now that we know L3 is part of the ship's computer in The Falcon, a line said by C3PO in The Empire Strikes Back makes a lot more sense. Mm -hmm. You may recall the golden droid states, Sir, I don't know where your ship learned to communicate, but it has a most peculiar dialect. And now we know that peculiar dialect (laughs) is straight from Lando's beloved droid. That's funny. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's neat. Mm Mm-hmm. Scarif, although it's only a quick mention, we get a nice nod to the original Star Wars story when Kira suggests that Scarif might be a place where they could find enough coaxium to repay Dryden Boss. Hey, you got the name right, too. We're getting it, guys. We're getting it. I like it when it's in front of me. Lando's Return of the Jedi Disguise. This was a great throwback to the original trilogy. Tobias Beckett dons Lando's helmet and armor disguised from Return of the Jedi during the mission to the Kessel Spice Mines, a moment which also bore more than a slight resemblance to the Fox foe prisoner trade-off in A New Hope. Yeah, I caught that right away. I was like, oh, shit, that's the thing that Lando wears (laughs) when he's trying to save Han (laughs) from the Carbonite. Um, Anthony Daniels, the only person to appear in every Star Wars movie, Daniels has a small cameo in Solo as a human ally of the Wookiees. Freed from the Kessel Spice Mines, it's a blink and you'll miss a cameo, but it means that Daniels keeps his record with this sweet moment. Who does he play again? C-3PO. Oh, that's what I thought. Okay. Warwick Davis. Wicket, the Ewok is back. No, there aren't any actual Ewoks in Solo, a Star Wars story, but the man who brought the most famous of them to life is back on screen again, and this time he gets to be a freedom fighter alongside Envy's Nest. Davis has played ten different characters in Star Wars canon, and four of those were just in The Phantom Menace. <laughs> oh my goodness. Darth Maul. The biggest of all the Solo, a Star Wars story, Easter eggs, is the last act reveal of Maul as the leader of Crimson Dawn. Maul de- debuted in The Phantom Menace and was the first apprentice of Darth Sidious. Maul apparently fell to his death after being uh, cut in half <laughs> during a battle with Obi-Wan. Though as fans of the animated Star Wars television show knows... Maul actually survived. This was a massive reveal, and it's likely that the future movies will feature Maul as a big bad running the Crimson Dawn and terrorizing the galaxy. Very interesting. Hmm. Those are some good Easter eggs. Yeah. This is not an Easter egg, but an interesting fact is I heard Tom Hanks wanted to be in the movie. <laughs> is as, he not? Not that I know of, because oh, okay. he wanted to be a stormtrooper. Yeah. And he was talking with Ron Howard about it, and it just never... Got done. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, because like, there were a couple stormtroopers in the movie. I was like, well, he could have been in yeah. it for because like they talked. And, yeah, they were. They had some scenes in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. I thought that'd been cool. I mean, because Tom Hanks and Ron Howard have been in. Yeah, they, they did all the four, five different yeah, movies together. Yeah. So it sucks they didn't get that done. <laughs> if there's a sequel, maybe we'll see it. Uh, kind of seems like they're setting up. For they're setting movies. up. It just is the fan base there is this movie going to make enough profit where they're going to bother doing a sequel are they just going to keep going on with other Star Wars movies Mm what did you guys think personally though I liked it it was better than I thought it was going to be it's not like my favorite Star Wars movies but it was enjoyable enjoyable 
adorable. Adorable. <laughs> it was adorable too. <laughs> no, no, there's no porg, so it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't that. that um, my opinion, I thought it was a really great action adventure film. Mm-hmm. It was like a lot of fun just seeing them like do that tra- train heist, do the Kessel yeah, Run, do like the um, the relationship between Han and Lando and like the other characters. Yeah. I just don't think it really gave us any real value to the franchise. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not something that I would probably want to watch, like, over and over right. again. It didn't take, like, many risks at all. Yeah, it wasn't... It didn't have that many iconic characters in it. You had Han Solo and Chewie. And Lando, but, to some extent. And, and Lando. Yeah. But, you know, I think Rogue One, because once they somebody heard that, you know, Vader's going to make an appearance yeah. in there, that would be like, ooh, we get to experience more of this, and that would draw more people and No in. one's going to be talking about Darth Maul, because no one likes the prequels, so it's not yeah. like, oh, Darth Maul makes appearance, i got to see this. It's like, okay. So I think like, oh, diehard fans, like with the animated who's seen the entire canon of this entire universe, mm-hmm. um, they would pick up on it and would like it more, yeah, there, but there's there not that many. is a lot more for fans of prequels and fans of the cartoons than there are for fans yeah. of just like the original trilogy. But they do have quite a few nods to the canon that Disney kind yeah, of Yeah, even like the, yeah, the books and stuff that people threw out yeah. once they once Disney bought the franchise. But I really think Last Jedi turned a lot of people off and I, I know. think this is kind of like a protest that they're not going to show up and just watch because a lot it of says these Star Wars because it was yeah. Mm-hmm. It was dumb. I don't know. I that's my take on it. The Last Jedi is so much better than any of the prequels. I don't know how yeah. people cannot like it. Like, I don't. Still, I don't yeah. I'm not. It baffles me that people aren't <laughs> don't understand how good the movie was yeah. and what the issue with it was. Just they had in their mind, you know, what their character was, and they read all the the post stuff that Disney erased, and you know, yeah, they turned Luke Skywalker into. Kylo Ren being right. a cry, crying whiny little bitch that they didn't Mark, like it. So. Luke Skywalker has always been a whiny bitch. He has. In, yeah. yeah, he like, has. They did not change that at all. Like from right. A New Hope, he was so whiny. But and, you I want to get with, the power converter. I power converter. Seeing his build and at the end of you know the movie where he's like now assume power and he's the most powerful one that we never got that. Yeah, it was now he's just a decrepit old man. Like where. Where do we see the triumph of you going out and ruling? They never saw that yeah. part. So it's, I don't know. I can, I can see both sides that you have something in your mind, and then somebody just comes and something does it has been built different. up for thirty years that Luke saved you know, the galaxy. And at Mark the Hamill end. himself didn't help me. Like not my Luke Skywalker. Oh, yeah. So it's not how I would have taken it. Mm-hmm. So. And they didn't like that the director wanted to expand on like the Force um, yeah. abilities, and they're like, "There's no way you could be like a, you could like Force." Be project, somewhere project, else, project, project somewhere else. Like they, I just well, think so diehard fans. How powerful he really was. Yeah, that he could do that. And I mean, I don't know. So anyway, with all that, I think it may have hurt the franchise yeah. and it turned a lot of people off. They'd be like, "I'm not going to see any more of your Disney shit because you screwed it up." So I, yeah, you know, there's diehards, and out there the, and there's, like it's just an oversaturation when there's that's true. One every six months, it's hard to keep going and caring because it's. Before, it was like every 10 years you get a Star Wars movie or something like that. It's a huge deal. Oh, I, I'll just watch the next one in six months. It, if yeah. I miss this one, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And like I said in the Summer Movie Wager, I didn't feel like this was going to do as well as the other ones because it's just a single character yeah. story. And I could just see people saying, I think I'll just wait till this comes out on Blu-ray right. or DVD and 
Let's I don't see really, it then. It's not part of the episodes, at, like episode it's not the, two. Part of the saga. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just a side thing. So after Rogue One, people are like, "Well, it doesn't where." Where's Where Ray? Where in? is yeah. like all these characters I just learned to love in Force Awakens? Yeah, and I think they're like, oh well, I'll just I don't need to see this. I'll just wait until Episode Nine. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if we even get an Obi Wan. I don't think after this, if anything else is going to happen, they'll just stick to the main thing. Are they doing a Boba Fett? They talked about that. Because I, I was surprised he wasn't in this movie, to be honest. Boba yeah. Fett, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. But it was interesting. Decent movie. I mean, like you said, likable, but yeah. also forgettable. <laughs> yeah, It was easy to take in. and it, Yeah, I had more fun with it than I thought I was. Based on the trailer, I think yeah. the marketing was kind of bad on this movie, too, because I think the trailers didn't do it justice. Yeah. I was kind of bored yeah. by the trailers. They didn't but, really show how like much adventure there yeah. was and and all that. Like, but I thought the train heist part was, was really good. Cool. Yeah, Cinematography was cool. and special effects. And that didn't really display in the trailer. And it's kind of something well. different than... You know, we haven't really seen anything like that in a Star Wars movie. It's more of like a Western type thing. Yeah. Yeah. The outlaws. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Going robbing a train. <laughs> True cowboy. Fashion. It was pretty cool. And, oh, how he got his blaster, too. That was kind of <laughs> neat. Yeah. Oh, you got to teach me how to do that. The flip <laughs> or what about, like, when he got his name? His... Oh, that, that was, was so stupid. I was, was like, oh, come on. <laughs> really? Like, oh, I don't really have people. Oh, I don't really have people. Solo. Oh, of course. Solo. Uh, the, the meeting with che- Chewbacca was cool. Yeah. I was not yeah. expecting Chewie to be in there. Yeah, I didn't expect him to be, like, caged. I, I saw it coming. I'm like, oh, the beast. He hasn't eaten three. I'm like, it's going to be Chewie. It's going to be Chewie. <laughs> I was right. Yeah. It was really cool. See, I thought it was going to be the one beast from Jabba's thing where they dropped they drop him into there, and there's a, that. Oh, oh, that's his beast. name. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That same beast. Yeah. I, I said it one in the movie. I was like, oh, it's going to be this guy. Then it was Chewbacca. I was like, oh, I mean, that's a, that's another way mm-hmm. you can go, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, I mean, that'll wrap up this. Maybe we'll get Dustin's thoughts later since he didn't show up on time. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, well. <laughs> Dustin, are you okay in there? <laughs> Um, but we have some beers from Central State coming up after this word from the Hopped Up Network. If you are looking for more beer podcasts just like the one you're listening to right now, then head on over to hoppedupnetwork.com. We are a podcast network focused on our local craft beer communities. Here's a quick example of one of the many podcasts you will find. What's up, everyone? My name is Matt. And my name is Kate. And we are your hosts of the Craft House Cinema Podcast. Craft House Cinema celebrates all of the history, people, places, fuck-ups, and triumphs that go into the production of two of the world's greatest art forms, beer and movies. We also love hearing from you. Follow us on Instagram at Craft House Cinema to join the discussion. So crack open a cold one, watch some good movies, and hang out with us. On the Craft House Cinema Podcast. All right, welcome back. Like we said, hopefully we said this. <laughs> I don't know what we said. <laughs> Central State is the brewery this episode, and our first beer is the Eight Hour Commute. The Eight Hour Commute oh, oh. is oh well oh, what? oh, oh. interruption oh, hey. oh Dustin's here. Did you, did you guys just start with Albie? Yeah, uh, we didn't think you were coming. <laughs> we did. 
Sorry. Oh, oh beer. I, I, I did pull, I did I pull you. I beer, right? <laughs> we didn't mean to leave you out. <laughs> Can I get some of this? I poured sure. you an extra glass. Sure. Oh, nice. Just in case. Just, just in case? Yeah. <laughs> we weren't sure if you were coming back, but we just you guys, poured one just in case. So you just did the whole solo episode without me? Well, we um, were going to do it solo, but there was three of us. So. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know you yes. knew about that. <laughs> At least I get some beer, right? Yeah, that's true. You're yeah. here for the important part. Sorry, sorry. Continue. Don't just ignore me. <laughs> Pretend like I'm not play. here. Oh, well, you're not here. That's what we did the first half. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have the eight-hour commute from Central State. It, this is a farmhouse ale with boysenberries. This is the second collab they produced with Penrose. Both times, one of them ended up spending an obscene amount of time in traffic between Geneva, Illinois, and Indianapolis, Indiana. However, we feel like the drive is worth it to get the brew. To get to brew such delicious beers together. So this comes in at 7.5 ABV. The malt bill, flaked corn and barley with Indiana Pilsner malt. The hops, Syrian wolf hops. Wolf hops. And the yeast is CSB House Wild Yeast. And the serving temperature should be between 40 and 45 degrees. And the glassware in a tulip or snifter or clear solo cup. I'm going to have to check the temperature. <laughs> oh, oh, solo, <laughs> solo cup? That's pretty cool. What? <laughs> did you just say a wolf hop? I did. I have a hop, guys. A Syrian wolf. Styrian wolf. Or Styrian, sorry. There's a, there's a T in there. Yeah, yeah. Styrian. Do you know Styrian? Styrian? No, but if I ever have a kid, I'm going to name him or her Styrian. Styrian wolf. Styrian. That would be awful. Or if a girl, Styriana. No, just Styrian. Okay. Styrian. That works too. That, it's predetermined. It, it better work. I'll, I'll text my wife right now. <laughs> it's happening. So this can looks fun. There's otters on there. Otters driving. Oh, otters. Are those mopeds, motorcycles? I think it's a motorcycle with a sidecar. That's a sidecar. Well, that one, first one is the yeah, other one. I was gonna say that's a moped. Vespers. A little Vespa. A little Vespers. Vespas. Or maybe it's Vespas with a sidecar. So they're little mopeds. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> and then there's like a sunset in the background, and the clouds look like hops and palm trees and maybe oh, corn or clouds. something. We sixty five. So going between Illinois, which I'm assuming is where Penrose is from, it's Geneva, Illinois. You read Geneva, it in your little paragraph. <laughs> but I'm assuming that's where Penrose, because yeah. Central State is Indian. Yep. Okay. Looks like, have a, much looks like a sunset to me. Breweries. Yep. That's pretty cool. It's an eight hour drive, so. Sun up, sun uh, where do you think they're going? If they're going down, they're going. They're going I, either it, to. In, there's two scenes there, it's so probably, there's some going and some coming. It's probably eight hour drive between the two breweries. Yeah, yeah. So they're either going on to Central oh. State or they're going to Penrose along 65. Makes sense now. Yeah. Pay attention because they spent <laughs> an obscene amount of time in traffic driving between. You think Geneva. it's eight hours from Geneva to Indianapolis? Uh, they do. That's what they said. I'm, I'm thinking assuming. like maybe like. Indeed, uh, Kansas City or something. Google it. Well, okay, we'll Google that off. I'm yeah, I'm Googling it Google right, it right now. It. Okay. Yeah, we're trying to prove you wrong, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing it right now. We're all Googling right now. <laughs> we're seeing who can do it faster. All three of you are Googling this to prove me wrong. I just want to see where Geneva is. <laughs> I'll let them do the rest of the work. <laughs> Geneva, Indiana? Or? Illinois. Illinois. So, Penrose Brewing Company to it's Central State Brewing Company is about three hours and 20 minutes if you go down I-65. 
But they said they spent an obscene amount of time in traffic. You're and then if you're going before, that way and back, that's about eight hours. Oh. Because if you pull up, there's Indy. So it's like a... There's Geneva. Not where the brewery is. It's just Geneva, Illinois. So you have to get through Chicago when 65 comes up. Oh, uh, so like there and back is like eight hours. Yeah. So with the traffic. Because there's probably a lot of semis like tipped over <laughs> and stuff. And, and construction. And, and construction. And 69. Chicago traffic. Okay, I'm 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 good now. Are you approving of I'm, the name? I'm approved. I'm going to stamp this. <laughs> approved. <laughs> approved. Because you can't just drive one way. You have to come back. That's right. The can's nifty. It follows along the lines of the central state with uh, half most most of the can, but not all the can uh, stickered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, oh, well, we had another central state. Yeah, we had one of their IPAs. Uh, is the Oat Explosion in Central State? Yeah. Oat Explosion, yeah. yeah. I try to remember all these beers, but I'm, it's mm. been a, getting close to 100 episodes. I can't remember them all. <laughs> so color of this beer? Um, well, it is off the scales, but it's is like bloody. It's definitely boysenberry. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a deep red. How about a uh, boysenberry bush? <laughs> <laughs> from, from what? Mm. Uh, gummy berry juice. Gummy bears. From the, from the cartoon Gummy Bears. Yes, <laughs> Gummy Bear. <laughs> They drink gummy berry juice, and that's how they bounce here and there to everywhere. There's more of a pink hue to this. I was thinking more like a red lightsaber, but that's more bright red. Yeah, this one is like a like a deeper red. The Imperial Guards? No, that's Oh, that's man, I think too. mine was dead on with the gummy berry juice. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That is gummy that berry is amazing. juice. Dead on. I'm a gummy bear. I'm a, I'm a gummy bear. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Add that one to the red scale on our <laughs> geek color rankings. We need to do a whole other like list for the reds. Right. From like the white, white to dark red. Thanos' left butt cheek or whatever. The hell <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. What is this? Just wait. Just you wait. <laughs> That's all you're gonna get because we're not sponsored by them. Gummy, gummy bear. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just had to. We can delete that ad off there because we do not. What about the actual theme song from the Gummy Bears cartoon? Gummy bears. I sadly remember the show. <laughs> Let's watch this with the Care Bears. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. A lot of bear themes in the 80s. <laughs> there were. Yogi Bear. Yogi Bear, Pooh Bear. Teletubbies were kind of Tell- bears. Mm-hmm. They're kind of creepy looking. But All right, so this is this says it's a Saison. Is that what the can said? The- f- well, Farmhouse Ale. So, yeah, Saison. Same yeah, thing. Yeah, 7.5, though, according to Beer Advocate. That's what it says on the can. That it's a size and stuff. Apparently, I think it's, I don't know. Saison seems like a catch-all for <laughs> <laughs> anything with berries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So gummy bear uh, drink. Gummy berry juice. Gummy, gummy berry, berry juice. juice. I like it. We're doing that one. So now we have two reds <laughs> for the red categories. This one kind of reminds me of that other one we just drank. I know. Just I'm now. afraid it's gonna Not taste. Ex- I mean, I. 
boysenberries are better than black currant, hopefully. Yeah. Because didn't Bird Boy, he had a boysenberry one, didn't he? He. Or is had, that a. No, it was gooseberry, my bad. Go, yeah, gooseberry. Go, ghostberries. Goose. Gooseberries? Ghost. Yeah, you, you know what it's a ghost beer, beer, but it's a goose beer. But it's called a ghost berry because it's a ghost. Yeah. Ghost. Whatever. But there's actual gooseberries. That's the actual fruit. Gooseberries. Like gooseberries yeah. taste like gooseberries. Like it comes out of goose goose stomach. Disgusting. <laughs> goose belly. Goose, goose nuts. Goose, goose berry. They shit goose them out. Goose poop. Yeah, they poop out. You just, you just drink poop. <laughs> <laughs> I can get that stuff from, my, from work in the parking lot. <laughs> I can probably brew my own gooseberry. Yeah, probably. All right, let's taste this, bitch. <laughs> You call him a bitch. I'm gonna kick you back off this podcast. <laughs> oh man, it tastes very similar. It does. Mm. Carbonated. Mm. Hmm. It's a little more sour than the other one. Had more of a leafy, branchy taste. With what was that? The black currant saison from Clown Shoes. Clown Shoes. It's similar to that, but it's got more of a tartness and more of a fruity flavor. Mm-hmm. This I can tolerate a little bit more. I can taste more of the tart berry, tart berries. Tart berries. I'm still not my style. Yeah. Probably going to get a lower rating from me. Farmhouse, yeah. I wasn't think well, with boysenberry, but farmhouse is not usually. Yeah, I had a couple of gozas in Georgia. Mm-hmm. I still can't do it. I don't, I haven't not ventured into that where I actually enjoy those. Or sours, really. Beer Advocate says this is a 3.71 with eight ratings. There's only six ratings on Rate Beer, and it's a 3.33 out of five. 3.64 out of 499 ratings. No friends checked it in. Doesn't seem to be too popular. Do you see Anthony on here says, Light and refreshing, loving the boysenberries, and the smooth, creamy vanilla finish. What? I, I'm not getting any vanilla finish. I'm not, not at all. I get berry. I can't even fake the taste of vanilla. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually the, you think about it, yeah. Maybe no, it's, it's still wine. Yeah, it's still like so fruity tasting that the vanilla is nowhere to be seen. It's like dry. Mm-hmm. Jesse C said, "Comes on strong and fades quickly with time, like your mom." <laughs> 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 I don't even know what that means. I don't know either. <laughs> but I had to read it. <laughs> like your mom. These people crack me up. Uh, I wish I were witty enough to post. Yeah. Christina here says ale with citrus. I notes. just read that. I was like, what <laughs> like, citrus? What? Oh, I saw that too. It's boysenberry. Yeah, I, was, I read the one right before yours. <laughs> like your mom. <laughs> It's pretty good. I think the can is a lot cooler than this bear, beer deserves. Yeah. I mean, if you like boysenberry, I guess. Yeah. But... Just get kind of a funky taste. I wish it was blackberries, because I know those are be more sweet. You wish it was raspberries, because you then love bro. raspberries. Oh, I can't stand raspberries. <laughs> I'm thinking about his gummy bears right now. Gummy <laughs> bears <laughs> bouncing here and there and everywhere. All right, well, I'll start us off. 2.75. Sounds about right. It is a little bit better than the black currant that we just had. This had a better label. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the can. It's just, it's, this one was sweeter, this one was tartar, and it was still kind of like a little bit less sour, but 
it was like that comment said about your mom. <laughs> it well, it did hit pretty strong, but then it immediately just faded away. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what am I drinking? Yeah, but it's a little bit more carbonated. Just it's small little things that made it a little bit better. Yeah, but not just a rate of a three. Oh no, I gave it a three. Oh, <laughs> but I don't love it. But I think the initial taste is actually pretty good. It just kind of fades away pretty quickly, like your mom, <laughs> <laughs> whatever that other guy said. Um, uh, it's almost there, but I don't know. It's missing something for me. I give it a three as well. I'm not really into these style beers. I don't care that much for the boysenberry, but I think what they're trying to do here, they probably hit it on the mark just because like it's not too weird. Yeah, I think it's staying pretty true to the style, but it's just not for me. I think I want the lowest. I give it two and a half. Uh, yeah, I'm not digging the taste, not digging the flavor. It's just I must not like boysenberry. Probably. So I'm pretty sure I grew up around a boysenberry bush, and I think I had these as a child, so it's bringing back terrible memories right now. <laughs> so I think that's probably why I clicked it a little bit lower. But, I mean, hey, if you like the flavor or if you like wine or you like, you know, these all these type of saisons, I mean, it's ugh, not for me. Yeah, it has its place. It's just not something any of us really enjoy. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to the next Central State beer. I don't remember what it's called, but before that, here's this. While we get the next beer ready, I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Drink In Geek Out. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff on our website, drinkingeekout.com. You can also email us any comments or suggestions at drinkingeekout at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcast, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content. Find us there at patreon.com backslash drinkingeekout. And now, back to the show. All right, our next beer we have from Central State. This is called Boulder. Solstice Farmhouse Ale with Caraway Seeds brewed to honor the coming solstice. This dark amber ale is infused with caraway seeds to complement the roasted and bready notes imparted by rye, wheat, and debittered black malt. A perfect beer to sip by a roaring fire during the darkest days of the year. And we're drinking it in summer. <laughs> ABV is 5.3%. The malts used, we have Indiana Malted Pilsner. Rye, flaked wheat, debittered black malt, crystal 120, molasses. The hops, we have Hollertau and Mittelfru. <laughs> Could be butchering those. <laughs> Saison yeast, serving temperature suggested between 45 and 50 degrees. The glassware should be a tulip or snifter or clear so solo cup. And it comes in cans in draft. Drinky whoop. All right, a little bit about Boulder. We first, when he opened the can, or he said, when you grab this beer, he's like, is the can going to have a bunch of bald men on there? <laughs> bald. I was like, no, it's not. Because Balder is a god in the Norse mythology hmm. and the son of the god Odin and the goddess Frigg, or Freya. I've heard of the first Freya. guy. He has numerous brothers, such as Thor oh. and Vali. I've heard of that guy. Uh, so, uh, tale is Odin went to war and. I uh, came back from the underworld with Balder. He went with him and proclaimed that there was an oath or some blessing on Balder that says he can't be harmed by anything. 
And when asked about it, Frigg said that he cannot be harmed by virtually anything. Mistletoe could probably still kill him. Hmm. But they weren't going to worry about it because Mistletoe was so small and harmless that it's not going to bother. Loki heard this. Oh, of course he did. And he went and he gathered up as much of the mistletoe that he could. And when they were playing a game, uh, the gods' favorite games, uh, he tricked Hodor, 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 H-O-D-R, who's a blind god, into using mistletoe and throwing it at his brother. So he got a stake full of you know mistletoe things, basically made a spear, and he threw it at him. And uh, Balder, trying to prove that he's impervious, took it full on and died. Oh. And then there's a whole story about Frigg. It was uh, basically the start of Ragnarok, uh, the preface of Ragnarok. And part of the tale for Ragnarok was that Fre- uh, Frigga was going to go down to the underworld and talk with uh, Hel to try to bargain to get her son's soul back. And then Hel is like, oh, he's dead? Well, I'm going to attack. So then, boom. Ragnarok <clears throat> happens. Hmm. Sounds like the plot of that movie we watched recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Similar. Very similar. So there's that little bit, a tidbit of Balder, that if you guys didn't know. Uh-huh. I would read up on it because I like the story of Balder. I actually have one of my characters on World of Warcraft named Balder. <laughs> nice. Cool. Does he look like that? Uh, no, but he is human. All right. The can has... It's Does that of... resemble Balder like, pretty well? Or? <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. He's a Norse god. He can look however he wants to. <laughs> yeah, he looks exactly like him. Exactly like him. Looks like Jesus. Uh, it's like a Viking. Sweet braids. It's got like a kind of a maroony metallic background, and on the foreground, it's like just kind of like silver, black and chrome, I guess. And we've got like a Viking-ish Norse-looking guy with a long beard, long hair. He also has some mistletoe wrapped around the sword. That's kind of uh, what I thought that might be. I don't know if that's a sword. It just kind of just goes all the way across. Yeah, yeah it should be. Probably a sword. Of some sort. You got I told you the story now. Mm-hmm. Makes more sense. This label was put on like crap. I know. It's got a whole yeah, bunch of ripples in it. Yeah. Ripple. Ripple. A bunch of air underneath. I mean, it's pretty slick. Uh, I like the coloring. The font is definitely like a Nordic-looking font. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Norse mythology, so I like it. And I like all the central state cans, how they have that little grid at the bottom yeah, that has all the information in the like stats. A little nice little box at the bottom. Very cool. I like it. It's not too much going on. And it's nice and shiny. Nice and, and shiny. If its sticker was put there properly, it would look Like the very silver and gray was, yeah. is really cool against the like dark maroon. Which is almost like... The color of this beer. What? It's like a mid brown area. It did say amber ale. Darkened amber ale. Yeah, it's very it's yeah. It's got those dark whatever you said. It's about like a what, twenty six, twenty seven, maybe twenty eight in that area. Yeah, maybe. Like a Magneto's helmet or a Donkey Kong fur? Yeah, that's what I would say. DK's hair. Although, that picture, he seems a little bit lighter in there. <laughs> but he was never that light in the NES games. Yeah, he was NES always games. dark. He was red in the uh, in the original Mario mm-hmm. game. So. Mm-hmm. Or the original Donkey Kong game. Yeah. 
Alright, what does it smell like? Anybody smell it yet? It's kind of weird because it kind of has like weird. a similar saison farmhouse smell. Just take out those boysenberries or whatever. Yeah. And it kind of smells similar to the last one. So a lot of like coffee notes, roasted nuts, a little bit mm-hmm. of the darker, caramel. The darker yeah. smells. Oh yeah, this mm-hmm. person right here basically just said what you said. It smells <laughs> caramel and coffee with a bit of uh, herbal aroma and some saison yeast to finish it. So It smells like a porter. I think no, but it could have mm. some porter smell to it. But I think that saison smell is what's kind of throwing yeah. it off for me. Kind of reminds me of a brown, brown mixed with the saison. Yeah. All right, I guess we're drinking. We're drinking. I think this transitional period from smelling to drinking has eluded Pale. He doesn't care. He's just gonna sip. <coughs> we need to shorten our transitions. <laughs> Well, then, if you're going to drink, say, let's drink, because that's what everybody else does before they drink. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's the way you're getting thrown off. He just tried to sneak it in there. I know. It's very crispy. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, carbonation. It's like a soda. I'm drinking a soda here. But very coffee-like. Mm-hmm. Very carbonated. I can have, like, a dry finish. I feel like yep. it gets, like, really dry at the end. Mm-hmm. And this is another one that seems kind of watered down to me. Like, right, there's not like 5%. a huge um, abundance of flavor. At, yeah, like I was gonna expect. There's not much of an aftertaste. It just kind of goes away. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a problem. Sometimes you have an aftertaste and you hate it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd rather have no aftertaste than a bad aftertaste. Mm-hmm. It's definitely different. It's kind of hard to. Yeah, I, I can't really. Kind of hard Compare to it figure to out else. How, what I would rate, rate this. Because I get hints of the amber mm-hmm. and then hints of a darker porter style. Mm-hmm. But you're right, it does kind of trail off. Not much happens on the back end. So this is a Solstice Farmhouse Ale. Solstice. Caraway Seeds. Hmm. I'm not familiar with this style. I think that's the problem, probably. I like the um, the dark attempt. And I think that there would be some people who are trying to transition to dark would probably enjoy this. Yeah. Like if you're used to drinking Miller's or Budweiser's or something and you're trying to go a little bit more crafty and this is your first experience, this isn't going to be terrible. Yeah, there's not a lot, like so much flavor that it's going to scare you away. Yeah, yeah. it's not super dark. <clears throat> it's not overpowering. I mean, quite frankly, I would probably drink this again. Like not... Not something I'm going to seek out, but I probably would. I mean, only because the can, you know? Like, yeah. yeah, it's a cool can. You know, Boulder. Like, the flavor's a little almost boring to me. It's like there's not an, enough there to keep me wanting to drink more of it. Well, let's see. Uh, Beer Advocate says 3.69 with four ratings. <laughs> yeah, there's only two ratings on Rate Beer, so it's got a 3.07 out of five. <clears throat> Untapped gave it a 3.46 out of 337 ratings. Wow, that's a low. Yeah. It's below average. Quite below average. Had a good write-up here from Joe. Not not a friend of mine, but he said, Cool label, but the content doesn't live up to it. When cold, it is borderline unremarkable. Improves with some warmth, but mostly one-dimensional with the caraway flavors. Yeah. Maybe that I, I kind of agree with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like this is a good transitional beer. Yeah. Maybe like if it was a little bit warmer, it might bring out yeah, a little bit more of the. If it sat here a little longer, the uh, more of the flavors. 
This guy said mild garm house, but I think he meant farmhouse. <laughs> garm house. <laughs> a bit on the bitter side might be the caraway, but it isn't evident. Not bad, but not great. Ain't good, but it ain't bad. Ain't good, but it ain't bad. 3.25. Okay, I'm checked in. I'm ready to roll just to get to the next beer. <laughs> All right. Uh, I put 3.25. Um, if I didn't make a comment, but I probably should have, I think this is a pretty good transitional beer. Uh, honestly, I would drink, I would drink it. Uh, if I saw it out, I'm not going to buy like a full six pack, but if it's one of those, you know, build your own six packs, I might grab another one. Uh, but this, this seems like, Hey, I want to drink darker, but I'm afraid to drink full stouts. Yeah. And I like that. Mm-hmm. That's basically how I feel about that's all I'm going to say. It's, mm-hmm. it's good flavor for what's there. It dies quickly, carbonated, a little bit too much. Good transitional beer. I also gave it a 3.25. It, yeah, dies quick. It's a uh, good initial flavor, but something's missing. Like, it's, it's a good start, but okay, yeah. let's take it one step further. Maybe like barrel age this and add a little bit something else to it to kind of kick it up maybe mm-hmm. a little bit but I mean, good attempt but falls a little short i give it a 3.25 as well i agree with dustin and keith pretty good transition beer into something darker uh but i wanted a little bit more um i thought it had a really good smell to it i was really optimistic smelling it and then drinking it it just kind of was a let down so that's what i 3.25 a good rating i gave it a 3.00 so close i was just i mean it's all right i was just a little bored by it so it's kind of just right in the middle even though two and a half is in the middle two and a half seems like it's a bad score to me yeah yes It's like the difference between a D and an F. That's your Miller Lite <laughs> scores two and a half. Yeah. I, mean, I totally, I totally can agree with the boring part. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's not boring, but I gave it a benefit because of the can. The can and is also, cool. Also, it's transitional, I and think. it's yeah. it's Indiana, so I mm-hmm. I want to give it a little. I I actually was going to go lower, than, but <laughs> I don't know. It's not really anything too special for me, and it's not something I'd probably ever drink again. All right. Well, what's next on the docket? Dr. Strange, boo! <laughs> what do you guys think? I think it's wine. <laughs> it's not very carbonated. You, um, yeah, no, this is a wine. <laughs> this is 100% a wine. Oh, my gosh. That's when we, we walked up here, we're like, this is wine. That's why I said, hurry up, get this recorded so we can actually talk about it. <laughs> not trying to force you or anything, but damn, like, missing out some quality content here. <laughs> it's, like, um, it's like a grape juice. Let's, uh, let's do oh, this the right juice. way. Grape juice. Oh, yeah. Let's do this the right way. It's Welch's, isn't it? <laughs> a color. It's got to be peachy, right? Yeah, it's going to be peachy pale. Than light. Yeah. It's going to be less than peachy pale. But I feel like it's, it's close. It's as peachy pale as we can get. So, number one, <laughs> peachy pale. This is our geek reference <laughs> method. Peachy pale. And if you smell it, Welch's grape juice. Okay. Or a yeah. wine. You're right, pal. But there's got to be something alcohol. There's a little alcohol in there, yeah. I'm going to taste it, guys. Okay. <laughs> Thank no. you. Well, let us know. All right. Let's all take a drink. All right. Let's all take a drink. Okay. Let's all take a drink. He's learning. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. 
This is wine. <laughs> is this another one of pepper beers? <laughs> I'm not gonna say it is. It's a pepper. It's peppery. It's peppery. It's got a spice to it. <clears throat> oh my! <laughs> what in the hell? <sighs> got to drink more. Can't let it settle. Can't let it settle. <sighs> You're talking about your flaming hot Cheetos. Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, this is like a habanero grape. Or a habanero something. It's habanero. Habanero's right. Grape is wrong. Yeah. Cherry? What? Habanero cherry? No. You keep throwing around cherry, but I don't think habanero. you know what a cherry is. <laughs> it took forever to learn what a grapefruit tastes like. I'm not good with <laughs> fruits. Uh, it's some fruit in there mixed with it, right? Or There's at least two fruits you're missing. Okay. Peach. Mm-mm. Well, that's close. It, it's... it's Nectarine. I think it's kind of close. Plums, tangerine, <laughs> mango, mango. Burning. Is that one of them? That's one of them. But it's you're still missing the main one. The burning. Main. <laughs> the main one. Okay. A habanero mango. Is this qualified as beer or is it cider? It's a cider. It's a cider. So oh, there's okay. apple in there. Yep. Okay. It's El Chavo infused with habanero oh, and mango. Oh, it's Blake's. It's okay. Blake's. I've, had, I've had this before. All right. I, yeah, I've had it before. I had it at uh, CS3. Oh, okay. A while ago. I've never seen it in bomber form, though. Yeah. Wow. That's the first time I saw it. I, I see like, it in six pack of cans. Did you find this at a liquor store? Mm hmm. Okay. Hmm. Found it on the streets. <laughs> Somebody's selling it for like two bucks. It's piss. <laughs> it, it, was, it was fairly cheap. We're drinking Mexican piss. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Had something spicy for lunch. <laughs> That green chili mac and cheese. Yeah, I definitely had this before. I can I can tell now that I've had this before. I was getting there when you said habanero. I'm like, I've seen this habanero cider before. I couldn't remember what it was called though. I had flakes on my tongue, but I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember if it was El Chavo or not. Yeah, this is the first time I've ever had it. I was curious because we've had all those peppery type things in the past. It's like with habanero, I wonder how that's gonna like go in a cider. It's not actually too bad of like a spice. It's it's on the back of the throat, but it's not like yeah. burning my tongue or anything. You're right. Well, I'm not gonna have anything on Advocate, obviously. Yeah, I don't have any. I don't know if it's on untapped or not. It should. It's be. on rape beer. Oh, I didn't. I couldn't find it. I found it. Uh, it is a 61 overall, 86 style with a 3.29. It's under Blake's El Chavo. Oh, that's why. I'd... Yep, it's on untapped. 14,000 rankings, 3.72. Rather high for it's that many good. rankings. Two friends had it. Dustin. Yeah. <laughs> Told you. Gave it a three. Yeah. And Kate, or Kat, Kate, Kat. Wow, the first one she didn't give a five. <laughs> <laughs> she gave it a three and a half. I don't know if I can finish mine. You're going to pour yours out? I think I'm going to pour it out. It's just... Too much spice. I drank a pint of this at the at the, the bar. So Jeez, I, really? I'd probably drink another one. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna keep it. I'd keep it. I don't think it's I think it's it's interesting enough. I'd pour it out. I'll pour it out with pour, you. Okay, thank goodness. <laughs> I'm gonna finish this though, but I'm, I'm not gonna seek this out again. I really wanted to try it just for the yeah, sense of exactly. the habanero and be how spicy. So it you'd is, probably get this, try it, and then pour I'd try it, it and out. then share it with other people. Yeah, like, here, try this, and then we'd all pour it out together. <laughs> <laughs> I'd drink a bottle here and there. It's not. I wouldn't drink a whole bomber of it. A I, pint would. I probably yeah. would drink a bomber of it, but then it'll probably be like six months before yeah. I get it again. 
Yeah. It's one of those novelty type mm-hmm. things. I mean, oh, I'll try that, but then not really going to go back. Just and like the Strabonero ones the last yeah. time you yeah. had that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Episode one, I think. Yeah. After that, I ordered this one because I saw it and I was like, oh, I'll try that. Speaking yeah. of, aren't we coming up close to like two-year anniversary? Two-year two anniversary is yeah. in three weeks. Yeah. About <sighs> the time this airs? No. It'll no, by the time this airs, it'll be in a couple weeks. Like, three weeks from the time this airs? From the time this airs, about two weeks, or maybe what week? It's the beginning of July, so... It's about July 4th, or whenever you, the first the episode first up- posted. upload was on July 4th. So come back soon, we'll have a bunch of fun stuff for our anniversary. And then uh, 100 episode, That's coming it's kind up. of... I can it's see working. that coming. It's in... It's coming this August, summer. August, I think. Yep. That's going to be a fun one, too. Pretty exciting. Just so you guys know, this is episode 65... But we're including all the light episodes and all the yeah. minis that we've done. So 65 plus 28 light episodes. Okay. Just to catch everybody up. Yeah. So if you've noticed, uh, a few weeks ago we had a psych. That was a light episode. In the in the mix. Yeah. So we're no longer doing light episodes. They're going to belong to the number, the normal numbering scheme. Just so everything stays succinct and not confuse anybody, any new listeners. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it was awesome. Thanks, thanks for joining us for, for the, the beer. beers in this. Yeah, thanks for coming and doing the beers with us. I, you know what? I, I don't know if I got the times mixed <laughs> up or whatnot, but... You know, yeah. don't take it to heart. Um, there was just a communication mix up. <laughs> yeah. It's... At least I've still been on more podcasts than you. So. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Uh, oh. <laughs> Until next time, drink, drink up, up and, and geek, geek out. Proud member of the Hopped Up Network. Did that pick it up? <laughs> I don't know. I, I wasn't actually recording at that point. But I am now. <laughs>